Kentucky Roll Call Podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Do you cheer for a team without a head coach? Is prayer the only way you'll hear your team's name on Selection Sunday? You might be suffering from depression, anxiety, or what we like to call March Sadness. Have no fear, Cornbread Hemp is here. Cornbread Hemp's organic, full-spectrum CBD products have just what you need to relieve everyday anxiety. Try our extra-strength gummies today. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout and get 30% off your purchase at cornbreadhemp.com. Don't wait to beat the buzzard. Try Cornbread Hemp today. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just... Cats. 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 Cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Touchdown. Kentucky. Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. February 21st, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Nick Roush, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Mr. Sports Talker. My voice is, uh, it'll probably crack a little today, but we're, we're good to go. Good to go, ready to roll. A lot to discuss on today's KRC. Uh, you had a big weekend, big party weekend. How you feeling? How you holding up? Uh, a little, just, uh, I think, tired. Uh, but yeah, holding up well. It was a good time. Um, uh, felt like I did more socializing and 48 hours than I had the last two months. So it was fun catching up with folks, uh, seeing a lot. Some guys I haven't seen since college. So uh, really, really, really had a good time this weekend. Um, and the cats, the cats certainly helped it really, really kept the, the ball rolling. Had a lot of momentum from Friday that tried to get slowed down by a Saturday morning hangover, but a little cornbread hemp, a little cats, a little tall, cold draft beers. Boom, we were back. All Just the, the combination you needed to succeed. Mm-hmm. It was a huge sports weekend. We're going to talk all about it. Justin Kalen, how are you? I'm doing just well. Uh, it was a it was a good sports weekend. I didn't do a whole lot, so that was nice. I did have to work a little bit yesterday, but all in all, I got to relax this weekend, which is something I have not done in a long time. Well, you deserve a little break with how much you work. Needing you need to you need to take some relaxation when you can get it, JK. I need a vacation, is what I need. 
Yeah, I feel like you just took one to Florida, but yes, you, you need you need and deserve another one. I need to average a vacation about every three months. I'd be I'd be happy. Well, that's why you do the the sports talker cheat code. You do the weekend getaway, not yeah, a vacation. I, yeah, you know, and I've I've started thinking more about that. I need to start doing more weekend getaways. That's a good call. Man, the weekend getaway. The weekend getaways are in lieu of a week long vacation. Right. So you. So that's if you're getting the week long end, you can't really do the week. Roush, you had a little weekend getaway this weekend. Yes, yes, uh, yes, very much so. But you're getting you're getting the whole piece of the pie here in a couple months. You'll get a week long vacation soon enough. Uh, I'll have a. I don't know if it'll be the entire week. I'm doing something in May, but uh, all right. Well, Justin, sorry that it was such a hard taxing weekend for you <laughs> it was yeah it was rough i uh i need more weekends like that all right uk beats alabama that's obviously the the news of the weekend but there's so much more to talk about there's so much to get to text into the thornton's text line 502-414-1450 i've been saying this for over a month now but like i am now fully entrenched i i've got the college basketball bug can't get enough of it. I, I can't remember a season where I've been maybe 15 just because you had you felt like you were watching history. But uh, in terms of just other games, I, you know, I always watch all the Kentucky games. But in terms of watching other games that are going on, just it, consuming as much college basketball as possible. And I think a big part portion of it is because last year stunk and then you get the tournament taken away in 2020 that, like, I'm, I'm, fully, I'm fully immersed in it everything going on in the world of college basketball. So I watched the pre-selection show preview. Here's just a little taste show at 1230. That led into the Kentucky game. Big Saturday, though. We know where the selection committee views UK. Without a Ty Ty Washington and a severe wheeler, they go into Rupp Arena and Man. survive an offensive explosion, the likes of which I haven't, I haven't seen not only do they survive that first half, they're leading at halftime. So that barrage of three-pointers from Alabama, Kentucky not only can survive it, keep it within striking distance, they go ahead and go on a run of their own. They're leading at halftime. And then the second half, a little back and forth, but mostly all Kentucky never really had to, to totally and completely mm -hmm. sweat it out. So it was a strange game at Rupp Arena on Saturday, Roush. Kellen Grady completely and totally balled out. Oscar Sheboy did the Oscar Sheboy things. And even without your starting backcourt, Kentucky cruises. A lot to get excited about, Nick. I mean, I'm trying to figure out the. I mean, they're up. I'm scrolling through the play by play to figure out what point were they still up by 11. They're about 12 with four minutes to go. And somehow Alabama was not leading at halftime. <laughs> it's crazy. It was uh, – and now, part of the reason why it is so crazy was that Alabama went so nuts. I was just sitting there like, okay, just – you you can miss one of these. They they were seemingly uh, the, the, the gif of the dude just walking on fire. NBA Jam, like, they could not miss a shot. And then Kellen Grady's like, you know what? I think I might try to do that too. And my goodness, some of those shots he was making. The, the one where – he didn't see the ball coming his way. It just hit him in the butt, and then he just grabbed it real quick and got up a three. It's like, what? Wait, what is going on here? It was totally uh, banana land. So much fun. 
um, except for the Alabama fans sitting next to me. I don't I don't think they had they had a lot of fun. Oh, you you were able to watch well, on TV. Said, God, Roush, you're so loud, and you're not even being loud. <laughs> so you you got to Ooh. were you trolling with the Alabama fan a little back and forth or no? It was the like. Um, you know, just how I have my conversations with the television. It's it's very normal and not insane when you're in the comfort of your own home. But when you're like, let's go, Oscar, get him going, get him going, and giving a little, you know, like kind of punching a buddy in the shoulder. And then, of course, I think it was probably the butt three. It was one of the Grady threes, though, where I had to do the one hand in the air, stand up, and then when he make it, like do a lap around the entire restaurant. So, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even intentional. It's just that's what you do when the cats are being the cats, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, we've all been there. Justin, were you going to say something? Justin? <laughs> no, I'm just enjoying I'm I'm enjoying visualizing Roush at this bar. I saw videos. The of last Roush time that weekend. I got this excited, though. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Was, I, was, I got after it. I had a good time. Uh, I saw I saw videos, not well, of you I, watching I just, the I, UK Alabama game, but of you partying over the weekend, and it uh, it was something. <laughs> uh, the band they they were they were having a good time. It was lit, um, really good, really good. You don't hear bands often that have people that can sing Michael Jackson and Prince songs, but hit the falsetto, had had saxophone. Oh, I mean, they, they just they had it all, had it all. Oh, can't man. be a good can't be my a good legs were sore from busting moves in the dance floor. I guess my only thing is when I see videos of you partying and whatnot, Roush, and it all, always looks like a great time. Uh, you and the wife clean up nice, and you, you looked great. It looked like it was just a real hoot. Just so much yelling. I just don't know where you like the yelling is where I probably where you and I split <laughs> in our party. I'm just not going to be one in a crowded room. With the band blasting, I'm just not going to, like, my voice ain't going to go to the top of its long screaming. And you're, you're, you just love singing along mm-hmm. loud. Yep. And there's nothing that wrong with it. But that, that's the only difference, I think. It looked like you were doing a lot of shouting. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, it's do I regret some of the screaming for no reason? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but you know, you get lost in the moment. It was pretty fun. The 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 married couple at the very end, they they put them on stage and did Don't Stop Believing. And oh. that just oh, that's a real crowd pleaser, you know. They do so, have to uh, sing along with that one. I'll I'll give you uh, I, I won't I won't get on you too much with that one. You gotta you gotta be singing along to that. Uh the times during the game that I wanted to sing just and, and shout and yell. The video that Kyle Tucker took that is all over the internet of a Kellen, I, I don't know exactly what point of the game it was in, but Kellen, a Kellen Grady 3, it was right in front of the UK bench, but uh, kind of showcases the atmosphere in Rupp Arena on Saturday. Everybody was shouting and yelling inside that building. Looked amazing. I was not there, but had a few friends that were. I had one person say it was the loudest they've heard it all year. Roush, I've heard people say that about the Tennessee game. We're up for big games this year. Has had some great atmospheres. Saturday, no exception. Having that game on CBS made it even that much better. Not having to have a crappy ESPN broadcast. No offense to ESPN. And then I got to give a shout out to Bobby Regan because if you listen to Friday's KRC, which this is just another sign that you should listen to Kentucky Roll Call, he just Notre Dame 
how Calipari should use Grady, how he will <laughs> use Grady if you had the guards out, which we mm. knew Ty Ty was probably going to be out. We were hoping Severe was going to be able to play, but when Calipari said uh, I could be out two to three guys, everybody was like, all right, well, Severe and his wrist has to be one of those guys. Maybe Toppin's the other one. Toppin played, played well, as a matter of fact. I'm sure we'll get into more of players and their play and all that. But shout out to Bobby Regan because he was like, Grady can play a point guard position. You get him in that pick and pop situation with Oscar. He can have a big game if you just let him have the green light to run the show. He had the green light to run the show, Roush, and it was by far his best game. It it will. We will get to this conversation at some point. Maybe we'll do it now. It will bring me back to something I said to Bobby on Friday where I was like, all right, if Grady can do those things, and I was like, Bobby, you know college basketball better than we do. If Grady can do those things, why haven't we seen them at all? Uh, Washington has been out at times this season. Wheeler has been out times this season. It's not that you haven't had an opportunity to have Grady play point a little bit. You've had plenty of opportunities. Why haven't we seen it? I still don't have the answer to that question, Roush, because it looked good. And, uh, you know, he didn't score all 25 points off him playing point guard. He was off the ball a little bit here and there as well. But goodness gracious, letting him just – letting the offense run through him, it worked in a major way. So shout out to Regan. He was spot on with his analysis about Kellen Grady and how the game could unfold. He didn't think Alabama was going to, to get Kentucky. Looked like that could be a possibility in the first half. But shout out to UK for – not just folding completely when they were down, what, 13? I think was the Alabama's biggest lead there in the first half. Would have been easy just to say, this is Alabama's day. There's nothing we can do about it. They hit 14 freaking threes. But thanks to Kellen Grady, kept UK in the game, kept UK right within striking distance. And then when the Caps went on their big run, good night to Alabama. Yeah, it's it's so funny you said that because I also – during the game, it's like, man, it's almost like Bobby knew Kellen was gonna was gonna be playing this. I was the opposite of Nostradamus. Friday night, I was just like telling all my friends, I don't, I don't like this spot. I'm not. I, I wouldn't bet the cats too many points. Uh, I wake up, I immediately place a bet on the cats, and uh, I don't regret it. I don't regret my decision making at all. But I did think for about 15 minutes, it's like you should have listened to yourself Friday night, you idiot, Roush. And sure enough, nope. Uh, Bobby was right. Grady on the ball is a good thing. And just to see that aggressiveness, like, I, um, he even got the excuse with Wheeler and Washington being out like, all right, now's our time to roll it out. This was the last wrinkle of the season. And man, the, the, the potential, I think it's safe to say that it's there, TJ. It's certainly there. If you can come back from 12 down in the blink of an eye and then go on and just thoroughly roll a top 25 team like that that i mean that just so impressive on, on in so many different ways yeah I, I totally i mean just to do without your starting backcourt to to go out there and be like we don't really have a true point guard out there in today's game but we'll see what happens and we're just going against the top 25 team no big deal uh, you go out there without a starting point guard jacob toppin plays the entire game he was great Keon Brooks did exactly what you needed him to do. You got really everything you needed to out of every player, every meaningful player that gets meaningful minutes on a normal basis. They all didn't really let you down. If you had to pick out like a, a weak link, it'd be Davion Mintz, but that's that's okay. Uh, he, he, he didn't 
took good shots. I don't think he really took anything, maybe one bad shot going to the rim. Didn't really take any bad shots. And uh, everybody else, though, stepped up and did exactly what they needed to do. We'll talk more about the game and the X's and O's and plays and exciting things that happened. But, Roush, I'm going to segue this into some other news from Saturday. And Mm -hmm. I'm under the impression we have the selection show release preview special thing. I'm a big fan that they do this. Um, I'm going to criticize it, so it may not sound like I'm a big fan of it, but but I am. I like that they do it. Kentucky announced number six, Roush. I fully admit I thought they'd be number five. I thought there could be a chance they could get that last number one seed and be number four, uh, but my I, I would have put a decent amount of money in Vegas on Kentucky being number five. They were not. They were spot behind at number six. Just give me your reaction to to UK being number six. Was it what you expected? Are you okay with it? Give me your analysis. Some I thought it was going to be five, but I was not disappointed with six because you could very well, like, they might have moved to five after beating Alabama. And I mean, that's another quad one win. Uh, they're going to have a few more opportunities for those two of them coming up this week. So while I, it was a spot lower than anticipated, the, the, it was in that same mix. It's not not anything too drastic where our kind of general impressions were completely wrong. No, they were right. It's just the pecking order was a little bit off. And I think even just winning that game at Alabama could have changed to five. And hell, that could be up to four with two more wins this week too. And especially that, uh, you know, that that Auburn loss to Florida, not exactly a great loss. That, that could move them down the pecking order as well. So uh, uh, overall, not too worried that it wasn't as high and as optimistic as uh, I anticipated it would be on Saturday. Justin, did you watch the Kentucky game? No, Sorry. what we're talking what we're talking about. The Sorry, I was show. I was distracted. No, I did not watch that. Why would I ever watch that? Oh, Probably because just, it's brackets. It's no. Justin's I used to seeing his team <laughs> in brackets. Yeah, that's the thing. My team's never in that, so I don't really have an interest in that. Well, that's what I was that's what I was asking. Um, yeah. didn't realize you weren't paying attention. I mean, but- if, if if my team is like if I'm in the Kentucky shoes and my team's in the mix every year. Yeah, I'm hell yeah, I'm all over it. But there, I mean, there's no reason for me to watch that. I don't care right now. Kentucky's never been on number one seed since they've done this bracket preview show. They've been a two several different times. They've never been uh, a a number one, which irrationally bugs me like slightly. Um, No, I was surprised when I saw the on Saturday that when I saw the numbers and I was like, Kentucky's a two seed, but they're number four in the AP poll. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, I, again, I, I would have much rather see Kentucky at five, but I wasn't too freaked out about it because I don't know who the guy they interviewed was afterwards, and I meant to go watch that this morning and never got around to it. Rewatch it just so I could make sure I heard all the things that I heard and get the names right of the people who were who were talking. But whoever their chairperson was, Roush, the person that they had on with CBS to talk. Well spoken and well practiced with what they were going to say didn't make it any less infuriating hearing their comments. And there's a little part of me that was like, you know what? I'm probably going to end up getting bothered by whatever they say 
unless they come out and they're just like Kentucky's actually the best and they're going to be the number one over. I was gonna I was gonna find reasons to be nitpicky with regardless of what they said, and sure enough, I was right about that. They changed the gosh. I really wish I would have done the extra five minutes of work and pulled this up so you all could hear what I was talking about. But if you watched it, and if you didn't, you just got to take my word. But they, when they were going down the list, Roush, talking about the seeds, why this team was there and why this team was here, the parameters and what mattered and the emphasis changed for each and every team. It was like, oh, yeah, we've got Auburn here. And Auburn, you, know, you just can't say enough about their quad one wins. It's, uh, it's super impressive. And then for the next team, they have Baylor at number five. Well, Baylor, when you put together their quad one and quad two wins – and that's just it's a thing of beauty. You can't it's it's wow. Holy holy smokes, this is unbelievable. For Kentucky, what really stood up to us about Kentucky is the blah blah. They just kept changing it what was impressive about each resume and what I wanted them to do is be like, okay, what is most impressive? Like what is your number one criteria well, when you're looking at these teams and cuz for each and every team it was something different. It was they were ranked here because this this stood out. They were ranked here because we really like this about this team. No, what is the most important thing you're looking at across the board? So this strikes me as they're trying to be as like the, the whole point of this early bracket reveal is to show a little transparency. Essentially, they went on television and just listed all of the parameters so you couldn't pin any one thing down. Which yeah, like, no, it's, exa- it's exactly what they did. It's exactly what they were doing. They were just kind of covering their bases. And that way, if on Selection Sunday we say, well, wait, you said that you like this team because they had so many quad one wins. Well, look, this team now has more than them, but you still didn't rank them higher. They, they still are kind of they, – they still left themselves out to be exposed, but you're right. They were mostly just trying to cover all the bases. Well, and it's because I, I know that um, – I remember a few years ago they started having people come in for the mock selection thing and they take these journalists in and here's how we do it. And see, there is a science to it. It isn't just so willy billy. Like we, there's a method to our madness. Yeah. I, I still don't buy it. I, I think this, their, their rationale here too is another way to prove that like, okay, if we just really don't like where a team is, we can, we have the autonomy to just move some stuff around because we're the we're the kings of this dominion. We can kind of set the rules. We have some general rules, but we can kind of do what we want with them, and that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to be the case. So, uh, as much as they've liked to try to convince us that there is an absolute science to all this, I'm still not buying it. No, there there's not at all. And then they did say something that kind of piqued my interest a little bit on Sunday, and that was when they announced Kentucky, they stopped. Whoever that guy was, the Mr. Selection Committee guy, he says, now I want to say between four, five, and six, it's all razor thin. And it, it, they're all right there. That that was kind of the you, one, two, and three heading into Saturday's game, mind you. Those were, those were kind of set separated from the rest of the pack. And then the next tier was the Kansas Baylor Kentucky. And he he basically said these three are interchangeable. They're all razor thin 
And they did get asked about, okay, well, Kentucky demolished Kansas at Kansas. Why did that not – did that matter? Was that in consideration? Is head-to-head a thing? And they came back and they said, well, head-to-head is a thing. That does matter. And, Roush, what they said next was – Oh, God. Pretty frustrating. Um, if the, the he said that – I don't have the exact quote, but uh, this is pretty much verbatim. You can you can trust your buddy TJ with this one. But uh, said, if Kentucky the, – the difference here is Baylor. Had Kentucky been number five, we probably would have flipped Kentucky and Kansas because of that head-to-head. But since you have Baylor at five, it keeps the order where it keeps the order. What? What does that even mean? Kentucky has a better resident. You, you'd have Kentucky ranked ahead of Kansas, but because Baylor's at five, you can't you can't flip them around. Uh, Kansas we, definitively has a better resume than Baylor, and Baylor definitively has a better resume than Kentucky. But weirdly enough, Kentucky's got a better resume than Kansas. How does this work? Do 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 do. I'm just waiting for the dot top ten music to play with that rationale. Makes Ooh, no sense. Had the six flags guy come out, you know. Yeah, that would have been better. Kentucky would be ahead of Kansas if they were five in the pecking order. So really, they would have been four. But because they were six, Kansas is scot free at number four. And maybe he misspoke, and maybe he didn't mean exactly what he said he'd mean, or maybe he was just trying to entertain the. Co- I don't know, but that was ridiculous. And on top my, my- of that. I was going to say, my, my just one quick thought would be like, okay, maybe head-to-head's worth a seed line if they're next to one another. Like, if we basically say these teams are almost identical, we're going to give the head-to-head a nod above. But if we don't think they're identical, then head-to-head doesn't matter as much. Maybe maybe that's what was meant to be said, but wasn't. So, I yeah, still think it's a dumb concept, but still. Probably. Probably right. What you're saying is what they were kind of alluding to is that, like, listen, we rank these resumes. Kansas was narrowly above Baylor and Baylor narrowly above Kentucky. But if Kentucky's resume was just slightly better, then we'd probably bump it ahead of Kansas because of the head to head. It's something, you know, maybe if they really clarified what they meant, they'd say something along those lines. But when you hear that, that's head scratching and silliness all in its own right, whatever. But Let's put the stock back on what they said initially, that these teams are razor thin between four and six. Well, Kentucky got a quad one top 25 win on Saturday. Baylor beat TCU. That's Nobody cares about that. Kansas got a road win at West Virginia. That technically could be a quad one. I'm not sure. Quad one or quad two, regardless. Uh, that's an okay win. Winning on the road at any point. West Virginia is not very good, but winning on the road at any point in the season, that's nothing to scoff at. So credit to Kansas for that. But no win was as impressive as Kentucky's against a top 25 team. So I'm under the impression, Roush, and I looked around the several different bracketologies and, of course, checked out our boy Shelby Mass. I wanted to see if any of them had the guts to rank Kentucky ahead of Baylor or Kansas just based on Saturday's game because right. they said it was razor thin. They said mm-hmm. it was right there. Could have gone either way with all the with those three teams. Kentucky got the best win of the bunch. None of them had the cojones to actually move it. And I know why they did is because they just get so much people would be like, they literally just said on Saturday these were the seeds and you've gone and changed it. 
well, every game should matter. And Kentucky got a better win than Kansas and Baylor did on Saturday. So absolutely, they should be ranked ahead of at least Baylor. And then if they're ranked ahead of against Baylor, we remember what they said against Kentucky and Kansas head-to-head. So really, I think if the selection committee was today, and this maybe is just total bias or illogical thinking, I actually think Kentucky would be the last number one seed if it were today. Now, that's the thing about this, Roush. It should be changing each and every day because there are different games. There are different things going on, different teams playing, getting quality wins, getting bad losses, whatever it may be. So I'm actually under the impression Kentucky is the last one seed today, which may be considered a little bit of a hot take. But I do love this regardless, whether they're six or whether they're four, it doesn't matter. We know where Kentucky's at, and we know that with four games remaining – Roush, we've got just two more weeks of this. We got a Wednesday, Saturday, and then we come back for one more final Tuesday, Saturday, and then it's conference tournament week. And then it's really nitty gritty time. So we know where Kentucky's at. I tweeted about it a little bit yesterday where I think it's pretty simple in terms of if Kentucky does this, they'll be this seed. If they do that, they'll be this seed. I think it's pretty easy to predict. Maybe we hit a break, we come back, we talk about that. We can talk more about the game. We've got a lot to get to on today's show. We do. There's a lot to discuss. Uh, Jawan Howard has given folks uh, plenty of reason for some hot takes. Uh, I'm sure we're going to hear some of those. It's going to be a it's going to be a doozy of a show today on KRC. It is so much to get to. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, and it's Monday. It's I think people the the warm weather from yesterday and the warm weather today. It's got people kind of perked up. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Spring, maybe not here to stay for good, but it's right around the corner. Roll down that window on your way into a Thornton's today. Get yourself some donuts, some coffee, a breakfast burrito, some fresh fruit, whatever it may be. Get your week started the right way. Enjoy this weather while we still have it for now and pop by Thornton's today. We'll come back. A lot to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call. As we mentioned, this is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. My old man is a television repairman. Got this ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Monday edition of the show. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here to start your week. Roush, are you a wordler? I am not a wordler. N- never gave it the old. You haven't even tried it. No, no, no. Don't don't want to. Too cool. So for it. I. It's one of those things too. Like I don't. I don't use my phone to play games. I just. It's not a thing. So. Not gonna start now. What what what's your rationale for not playing games on your phone? I look at my phone for. Too much already and other things. I'm not going to spend more time on it. So just anti-games. What if I told you Wordle is played by millions on their desktop? Um, I might, but yeah, no, I'm good. It's also one of those like... Uh, 
I was like a week or two too late. It's like, okay, I'm good. Don't need it. I'm just, I'm just gonna miss. I'm just gonna sit this one out. It's like TikTok, sitting it out. It's not, not, not for me. I wouldn't have an issue with it if I didn't get the sense that you, like, I, that I feel like you're just doing it because you want to be different. Like, I'm, I'm too. Good I mean, like, for, I'm too good for Wordle. Is it partially because of that? Yes, but like. I don't know. I I think the last game I played was Words with Friends, a, aka just Scrabble, and like I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm not great at it, but I don't know. If it, it feels like if I did get into it, there would be days where I would just get like frustrated and ah. But um, I don't know. I just really I just don't care that much. It's so all, good. It's good only on. I've switched to just playing it on my desktop because I kept losing my stats on my phone. And then, and now New York Times has it, and it's tougher with the New York Times. The words are harder. So now I just do it on the desktop. It's only one per day, so it's not like you're spending all day doing it. It only takes about two minutes. Uh, and I just got mine for the day in three. I'm pretty happy about that. Wow. I, I was going to say, if you were familiar with Wordle, there is another one out called Worldural. <laughs> it's like Wordle, but World. Um, and they give you a country that you have to guess. And it tells you how close you are geographically to the country based on your oh. guesses. Now that one's a lot of fun too. And I was 0 for 3 on those, but today got it on the first guess because I knew what country it was. So that one's yeah. very, very exciting as well. So some fun games. There's a, does it show a you a picture of the country well. or what? It does show you the picture of the country. And Roush, what were you saying? That there's a numbers one too. Have you tried the numbers wordle? You have to guess what number they're referring to. What are their clues? I, I don't know, but there's a number to one. I just, I, I don't know how it works. Oh, well, I'm, 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 I'd be willing to give it a try. Yeah, Justin, for the world one, they just give you a black outline of the country, and you know, there's no shape to like, you, you don't know to size, you don't know if it's like a huge piece of land or if it's a small piece of land. All you see is just the outline of the country, and then so like, let's say the country is Canada. And obviously, uh, I would hope most people would get that right. But let's say you said United States. On it, it would say, all right, you didn't get it right, but you are within, you know, I don't know how far Ottawa is away from Washington, D.C., but you're within 700 miles of their capital, and it's above the country you picked on a map. So it'll tell you like a little arrow and then how close you are to the actual country. So if you know you're close, you can guess the other another country nearby on your next guess. You get five guesses. Same with Wordle. Or Wordle, you get six. Okay, you get six guesses on this one, too. So six guesses on both of them. It's a good time. Good good way to get your brain going in the morning. Well, well, that's not happening with me. You're stuck with my brain in neutral in KRC. Sorry, listeners. Well, this made my brain happy yesterday. Big Blue Drew, we mentioned it here on Kentucky Roll Call, that... He is having twins, which is awesome. Uh, very happy for him and his family. They've got two kids right now. They're just going to double that number. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be crazy, but it's really probably going to be mostly just an amazing experience for him and his family. And they wanted to do something special to announce the gender of their children, of the twins that they will be having in 2022. And here's what they came up with. They had a special UK player make the big announcement for them. Big Blue Drew families and friends uh, revealed the genders of the twins. They are both boys. 
Whenever you want to announce, it is fine. You gotta announce it. Both, are, both, both of them are twins. <laughs> <laughs> both of them are twins. It's so good. It's, you heard it from Oscar first. Both of his kids are, in fact, twins, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. That's such a funny way to do it. I, I love it. And seeing the video makes it even that much better because Oscar's just smiling. You know, it's just Oscar. He's smiling. He's so easy to root for and easy to love. But, uh, yeah, he, he misspoke a, a little bit on the second part there. But on the first part, he nailed it. They are wow. boys. They are boys. Big Blue Drew will be having uh, a two – gosh, two boys. I think he's already got another boy to go with his teenage yeah. daughter. Yeah. So uh, the – the balance of power has shifted. It's going to be boys central in that house. Um, best of luck to Mrs. Big Blue Drew. I just, uh, I'm, like I'm so happy this. Uh, I'm so happy this was the case. Uh, so Oscar, it used to be his only way to make nil money uh, was through cameo. There is a little legal loophole there, but I, I think immigration laws have shifted. Either immigration laws have or nil has. Either way. Uh, Oscar Sheway is officially open for business. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some folks who are trying to hop on that bandwagon as quickly as possible. Yes, and great for Oscar. Does anybody have any clue how all this got worked out? No, nobody's got any clue how this all got worked out. Supposedly something was they were able to get something changed with the visa and he can now profit. It supposedly was a relatively easy fix that was mostly time consuming, like it just a ton of hoops that you had to jump through, but like it wasn't like they had to prove it, you mm -hmm. know, they didn't have to go to like through seven different court meetings or anything like that it's just a lot of paperwork um time consuming for the people behind the scenes that were dealing with it but it wasn't anything that they felt like they couldn't get done assuming um everybody was going to cooperate and they did so that's great news now you're going to hear a lot of people talk about oscar coming back for 2022 and 2023 no i'm not let's just enjoy now can we can we well, do that sure and you know that that's one of those things where it's like, well, can't you say that, Roush? But you can still talk about it. Like you don't. It's not Oscar talking about coming back for next year. It's not the team that is losing focus and blah blah blah. But I do agree with your sentiment that like we're gonna people are gonna be talking about this for the next two months, maybe even longer. We'll have plenty of time to worry about it. But right now, Kentucky's going to win their second National Player of the Year. Uh, which, by the way, I've got something to say about that. But unless something crazy happens, they're going to win their second national player of the year. And the experiences, Roush, of Anthony Davis's Naismith campaign versus Oscar have been like night and day. And I don't think that's anything against Oscar. I don't think it's anything against UK. I don't think it's anything against really the fan base. It's just how they would go about playing. You couldn't help but you, you couldn't ignore Anthony Davis because he was he was blocking shots. He was having like the most insane dunks that you'd ever see. For whatever reason, you can ignore Oscar. And it, not for an entire game. Like you can't, you know, you know, you'll, you'll notice him getting rebounds. You'll notice him scoring. But still, he has this way, unlike any other UK basketball player that I've ever remembered in my entire life, of being able to finish a game, you feeling like, hey, Oscar played well. 
good job. Oscar helped us win. He did so many important things. But then looking at the stat line and being like, what? When, when, when did that happen? When did Oscar put up 21 points to go with 14 rebounds? And that's not just from Saturday. That's pretty much any game with Oscar where he does it such a, he's so under the radar with the way he goes about scoring, but he's going to win national player of the year. Uh, you, you, you can't, you can't really go anywhere else. I do think for what it's worth, I do think you'll come back for another season. I think you'll see him next year. One, Drafts just don't love him. They're going to need him to be a little bit better offensively. If he was a little bit taller or a little bit bigger and he was doing the things that he was doing, yes, he'd be a first-round pick. Uh, but he's a little undersized for the NBA. He's not the best offensive scorer, although, you know, to be able to average what what's what's he at for points, like 16, 17 points per game, that's, yeah. nothing, to scoff, that's nothing to scoff at on a top-five team nationally. Um, but he just is so under the radar, Roush, where with Anthony Davis, it was just every game. People were literally like bowing down to him and he was so great. Everybody loves Oscar just as much as they loved Anthony Davis. You just don't have as much throughout the game that makes you realize like, oh, yeah, we've got the national player of the year. It's that dude right there. But we do. And maybe we should be doing that these final four games. Well, I do think at least the the Big Blue Nation is not letting it go unnoticed. The I love the Oscar signs they handed out to the student section. That was those, those were fun cutouts um, of him, you know. And the Oscar goes too, uh, but I, I I think just from a national media perspective, uh, they don't want to like this is all in all as you mentioned to you. It's been a really good college basketball season, and they're not ready to crown Oscar just yet because there has been some high quality play elsewhere. So it, it's not like he's been head and shoulders in a way that Anthony Davis was. And he also just rebounding isn't as sexy as those block shots. Like those block shots and the lob catches he had were incredible. So uh, th that's why it's it's not as much of a foregone conclusion. But I do think though, like especially when that mid-range shot's knocking down, like he's, he's doing everything and more that you could want to ask for a player of the year candidate. Some guys might be taking step backs, even in his bad games, he's having 18 and 14. So, um, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time before locking it up. And, and to just go back to the original point, you know, TJ, I'm, there are things in our job that we've got to talk about all like, no matter what, that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of um, the bracketology stuff after a while i get tired of it but like we've had two years off of it i'm freaking hyped to talk brackets right now but that's my like all right i'll i'll, I'll tolerate some bracket talk for about two months um because you know it's it's in subway tournament it's worth it uh, same thing with players staying and going i don't like talking about it because it, after a while it's almost like you've said all you can say now they just have to do it that's kind of the same with bracketology like they, the the games are going to get played a lot of stuff can happen uh, I'm going to save my staying or going until at least we get to the damn tournament. I, you know, because, hell, Oscar might be just 20 and 20 from here on out to the point where teams like, all right, we have to – I know his game might be antiquated, but this production is insane, and he has to be a top 20 pick. That could, if, that could still happen. If you all like Oscar to win player of the year, which I do too for what it's worth, plus 175, the next closest to him on the odds line, plus 550. Well, that's I was going to get this into a gambling aspect. Um, 
which you're you're seeing odds that I, even I didn't see, um, which were oh, wow, goodness gracious, plus one seventy five. What a joke! It's kind of bothersome. He is plus one seventy five, which <laughs> it was plus one forty. I was I literally oh, had really? this I was yeah I was I literally had this written down to kind of go through a a little hey I want to help out KRC listeners. I bet him at plus one forty. Gosh darn it! Now I want to get him at plus one seventy five. He's winning national. He's winning national yeah, player of the year for sure. So it's free money just to begin with. Whether it's plus one forty, plus one seventy five, and I even had you know I was even going to say plus one forty isn't the best juice for something like this. But he is winning player of the year. And Justin, I was going to say that like all right, if he doesn't win player of the year, then oh man, these have updated since I did this over the weekend, but. I was going to say, if he doesn't win, then you may as well bet Johnny Davis to win. And I got Johnny Davis plus 1,200. But now I put 20 bucks on Johnny Davis plus 1,200, and I put 50 bucks on Oscar plus 140. And I really probably should have put more on Oscar because he is winning. But if he wasn't going to win, I was going to say, hey, you all, it's going to be Johnny Davis. They're not going to give it to Kofi Coburn. And I still stand by that. And Kofi Coburn is the second best odds. But the reason that they're not going to give it to Kofi, you can't give it, you can't bypass Oscar to give it to Kofi. He, he, he's no. a poor man's Oscar right now. Like yeah, they're, you, they're you, doing the same things. Oscar's just doing them better. Yeah. You can't be like, we're going to give it to the dude that's averaging a double double and not give it to Oscar because he's got significantly better rebounding numbers. And yes, Kofi is averaging more points, but like basically they're very similar. Uh, Oscar has significantly more rebounds. I mean, almost over four per game, which is actually kind of significant when you're talking about rebounds. Um, And he's on the better team. He's on a top five team. He's doing, so it's it's like, you're going to take the person that's averaging worse rebounding numbers, slightly better points on the worst team. So I'm not worried about it being Kofi. I don't know how you bypass Oscar to go to Kofi. Now, if you just wanted to go with like the freak scoring numbers and go Johnny Davis, you could do that. Um, But even then, you know, you're going Oscar. Oscar's going to win it. So the fact that it went to plus 175, good looking out, Justin. And secondly, there's four games left before postseason starts and conference tournament play starts. Oscar's winning national player of the year. Yeah, for sure. It makes me wait. Did I end up? I think I bet him at three fifty to one. I'm gonna or plus three fifty. Nice. Sorry, that's awesome. I, I think I got him at plus three fifty, but it was only like a little sprinkle. Might need to reinvest. But even yeah. plus one forty or plus one seventy five, it's better than nothing. Yeah, it makes me curious what it would have been three four weeks ago. I just wonder after yeah, a weekend it, that he just had, how did the odds get worse? <laughs> I mean, twenty one and fourteen against the top twenty five team again. I mean, Johnny uh, Davis going up that far has something to do with it, I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah, did Johnny Davis go nuts in that game? I I, I didn't know what – I don't know what actually happened in that basketball game. I just know what happens afterwards. Yeah, he – they Wisconsin won. It was kind of close for a little while, and Wisconsin pulled away and and didn't really sweat it out in the final few minutes. But he had 25. Um, He's awesome. Great scorer. Great player. Kofi Colburn, he's awesome as well. I I just don't know how you'd bypass any one of those – or how those guys would bypass Oscar. I don't I just better numbers from Oscar. 
better team that he's on. So he's going to win player of the year, plus 175, just giving more money to people that decide to bet it. So you got there that going for you. And while we're on the subject, Roush, may as well talk about it. But the fight at the end of the Wisconsin and wow. Michigan game, Justin, what the hell's going on in the Big Ten, buddy? My gosh, that was a bad, bad look for Juwan Howard. So do you all know what happened, what led up to that? I so, know that I was very happy to see it escalate. Love, love, <laughs> love post-game fights. More fights than sports, I say. Wisconsin took a timeout that Michigan did not uh, did not love, right? Correct. So with Michigan was basically they were pressing at the end of the game. Wisconsin, it was already salted away, so they had the reserves in the game. Well, if you don't want the other team to take a timeout, don't press on reserves because reserves are going to call a timeout every time. So that's basically what led up to the whole thing. But the whole postgame thing was ridiculous. Like, I think – I truly think both guys are at fault. Greg Gard should not have grabbed him on the arm. Whether it was egregious or not, it just shouldn't have happened. But for Jawan Howard to basically open-hand punch another coach, whoo, that's awful. Well, wasn't Gard just trying to, like, explain, hey, here's why we took the time? Like, here's Oh, what. I'm sure, yeah. But, but I, that, I think... that's supposedly what they said. And he just – and then Howard wasn't having any of it, and, and that's how it all started. Yeah, I, I think Howard might have taken some exception, too, to Gard grabbing him on the elbow. Like, yo, man, don't touch me. Well, he did say that in, like, the video. You can hear him be like, you don't touch me. You don't yeah. touch me. And then it just escalates. It's super embarrassing. These were grown adults in a sporting atmosphere. Like, it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. Like, it's, like, healthy, good competition. Um, so, super embarrassing. And for Howard, not a good look. You know, everything everybody's saying, there's truth to it. My biggest issue, though, is that there have been, I think, now three or four altercations and post-game handshake lines involving Michigan and, and Juwan Howard. Like He's a bad he, loser, man. He is He's a, bad, a bad loser. He is a bad loser. He tries to start stuff with coaches. I don't know if it's like an entertainment factor for him or he thinks it's fun, but obviously you saw when it can cross a line, which was yesterday, how ugly it can be and how stupid the whole thing is. So he's going to get punished big time. I don't think you'll see him coach a Michigan game the rest of this season, which is problem. You know, it's troublesome because they're squarely on the bubble. Um, They're right there, depending on what they do the rest of the season is going to determine if they get to the the tournament or not. And if they get to the tournament, probably wouldn't be a team that a high seed would love to see. Hunter Dickinson's a great big. uh, They've they've got talent. They're not, they were overhyped to start the year. There's no denying that, but, they're a solid team. But yeah, I think you got to suspend them the rest of the year. I won't care what they decide to do for what it's worth. Doesn't impact me, doesn't really bother me. But I think with his history of getting into some scuffles in handshake lines or at least some shouting matches, I think they're going to try to send a message and be like, that stuff cannot happen again, period. Uh, you're suspended these final regular season games. And then whether they do the postseason or not, I'm not sure. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him coach a Michigan game the rest of the season. Now, you're not going to fire the dude over that, and rightfully so. But if you wanted to have a multi-game suspension, I, that's my guess of how this unfolds. Man, the Everybody people who... online was clamoring for firing. Yeah, he he could lose his job over this. It's like, dude, Bobby Knight just beat people up on in broad daylight for decades. Like, we are not that much holier than thou now than we were twenty years ago. Like, the the standard cannot be one blow up and you're fired because it wouldn't be the case for a player. All right, you're 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 not going to 
expel a person from their bat, kick them off the basketball team because they got in a one fight in a game. Uh, now, if yes, there have been some other altercations. You had the Mark Turgeon screaming thing last year. That was fun. Uh, but, like, come on. Chill the hell out, everybody. Um, it's it's a sport. Things get heated. Uh, and I'm sure Juwan Howard, the former player hat, I bet he struggles taking it off sometimes um, as the head coach. Yes, you need to be an adult. When you go, when you get taken away from a situation only to come back just to slap somebody, I, that, that, okay, like, grew, there, there's a time where you, you got to just grow up. He did not. But I, I, I love having a bad guy like this around, a uh, kind of former player bully who's going to, who's willing to fight. If that, if that was my coach, I'd be fired up that my coach would go to war for me like that. But I also don't know, like, what was, was he, was he trying to throw a punch? Was he trying to grab him? It, he, 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 he didn't look like he was going to smack him. Was he trying to choke him? It was, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what Juwan Howard was trying to do with that, that strike. Uh, think he was trying to probably hurt the guy. Um, would be my guess. I don't, I don't, I don't know. People get heated. You do stupid things. People make mistakes. You wouldn't want it out of the coaches. You expect it more out of the kids. Now the conversation is going to come back down to like handshake lines and stuff like that, which. I think it'd be pretty embarrassing that you could play a game and not be able to shake hands afterwards. But um, if that prevents stuff like this from happening, then get rid of it. Uh, you know, I, I do think there's truth to that, that like you really, you can't be mature enough to go shake hands with an opponent after a sporting game. But if you're going to have stuff like this, then you may as well just avoid it altogether. So uh, interesting stuff though. There's going to be a fallout from that. No doubt about it. Uh, hot takes flying around. Yeah, you shouldn't get fired. I mean, you shouldn't be fi fired for that unless I, there's this history of him like beating up players and practices or something like that, where he's clearly got some anger issues. But uh, coaches get DUIs and they do stuff. They do bad things all the time. They don't fire him for that just because something gets heated in a game or after a game. Uh, you learn from from the punishment, not from being fired. My initial thought was two games, but with there only being four left, EJ, I can totally see them give them until the rest of the regular season. Yeah, I, I think they I think they'll want to send a, a strong message. Maybe, maybe though, you know, Howard didn't even apologize in the postgame presser. Oh, loved it. Loved it. Just doubling down. Yeah. Give me more. And, and to be fair, somebody shouldn't have put their hands on him. Um but yeah, his response was really embarrassing and he should feel pretty bad about that. Um uh, don't know if he does. Don't don't really care if he does or doesn't, but I don't think you'll You'll see him coaching a ton the remainder of this season. All right, hour one done. We got a lot of text to get to. We still need to talk more about the actual basketball that was played between Kentucky and Alabama. And then we've got football news, which I know Roush is excited to talk about. I'm excited to hear it. So we'll get to that in hour two as well. Keep the text coming in on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Keep it walking. Nick Roush is up. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro.
Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. We appreciate you spending time with us, and you'll appreciate a Salsarita's lunch today. Pop by one of their two locations in Louisville, Middletown, or St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive-thru, by the way. You don't even have to get out of your car. Both places, great outdoor seating with the weather being nicer today. I know it's supposed to be warm tomorrow, but I think it's going to rain all day. Flood warning for a lot of folks over the next two weeks, which is not ideal. Um, But enjoy that good weather today while you can. Get out on the patio at one of Salsarita's two locations and just go to town on chips. Who cares? Eat four bags worth for for all we care. You deserve it. You'll love it. Salsaritas, it's so fresh. It's so delicious. Check out one of their two spots today and download the app. It'll save you money and it'll save you time. Fun first hour. Lot to get to in hour number two. Roush, I'm going to let you tell us where we're where we're going. Well, uh, let's let's continue Liam Cohen watch, shall we? Sure. Well, um, got a good feeling. We made it through the weekend without any oh. new news. Um, Friday was the day of all the interviews. Um, and there was a couple surprises in there. There was a guy from the Falcons and a guy from LSU that I don't think were anticipating getting calls. Um, but they interviewed in person. And even though Ian Rappaport said last night that Cohen is a top candidate, he also said that the head, the assistant head coach, Thomas Brown, he was always going to be like, oh, this guy could get promoted internally. But then he went and interviewed with the Vikings, and he thought, oh, well, he's just going to end up going with O'Connell, and he's going to end up being in Minnesota. Turns out he's not going to Minnesota. He's returning to L.A. So the the short version of the story is you basically got a best-case scenario weekend. Uh, now, Rappaport still said that he thinks Cohen's the top candidate, but um, I ultimately got a feeling that McVay is going to be pressured to go into a different direction and that we should know pretty soon. I, my, my hunch was always they would it would leak out uh, Monday morning. If you go by West Coast time, it, you know, it'd probably be like 10, 11 a.m. East Coast time. So that that's kind of where I, I think Cohen watch is coming to an end relatively soon and actually have a, have a good feeling about, about where things stand with Kentucky. Is this inside info or is this just a gut thing? Uh, a little bit of both. Oh, like it's, mama! It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I don't. I'm not. I'm, I'm not confident enough to be like sources say Liam Cohen's going to stay. But um, I've got. A, I've got good feelings and a little bit of info sprinkled in as well. Do you hear that, Justin? Happy times are here to stay, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo. All about it. Oh wow! Justin sounds like he's in a mood today. Do you yeah, get that, Roush? What, what gives, Scoots? Roush should be hung over to Bolivia, and he's coming he out should. with energy and effort. Justin, where the what the heck's your excuse? Yeah, I'm just so to me, it's getting it's really hard. Last year was one thing when I joined this show, and you all were nine and whatever sixteen. It's it's somewhat hard for me with you all being this good. Like I truly I struggle with it. Because I truly believe that Kentucky is one of the best teams in the country. And for me, that's it's awesome because it makes the show a lot of fun. But fan-wise, it, it tugs at my heartstrings. 
But we're talking football here. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I know that. And well, it's the same case with football, if we're being honest. Oh, Justin, come exact on. Exact same thing. You're better than the score and lover angle i i know and and at the end of the day i am happy for you all but i think with the addition of this show also living with a kentucky fan just it's taken its toll on me if we're being honest why don't you just let your hair down and say go big blue i mean i'll be honest i'll when kellen grady puts up threes i got my arm in the air ready to ready to put the other one up when he makes it i mean that's but that's about as far as i go there, there, like I already mentioned in hour number one, that the Kyle Tucker, Kellen Grady video. There really, it, it's he, he is on the list of all the other great shooters in UK history when yeah. they let it go, or even in the action of them starting to let it go when they rise up to shoot it. The entire crowd stands up, everybody does that, Justin. They put a hand up, they just assume it's going in, and then the payoff when it does is amazing. And then even the, the occasional miss, the oh. Oh, the, the collective like sigh from the crowd is also really, really fun. All right, we're, we got plenty of time to talk basketball, though. But, Roush, this is big-time news. I hope you're right. I hope you're not jinxy-catting it by any means. Um, I don't like how long this has gone on one way or another. But if the end result is Cohen staying at Kentucky, it'll be worth it. And I like that you're, you're hearing some good things. Uh, it, it was on message boards that he is – purchasing um whose house i think he built a house no i think he's buying no i think he's Our buying house. a house either way he's, he, his, he's buying his, Summerall's house is, ah. the, is is what there was like message board rumors to it um i did have somebody tell me that they with the moving process with all this stuff going on in la they did have to take a step back and be like we may just you know the the, the house was bought it was purchased. Like, you know, you can't really go back on the purchase per se, but mm-hmm. in terms of like the moving and doing some projects and stuff around the house and stuff like that. Uh, I did hear that the, that Liam had to be like, let's just wait on, let's just put all this stuff on pause for the meantime, which did when I heard this, it did make me nervous, but Roush, you've got me feeling great. Nothing to worry about. Cohen's back, baby. <laughs> I do, I do like just any bit of positive news, though, because it seemed like everything was pointing towards Cohen being out the door. So you just saying, like, hold on, there may be a bit of optimism here. That makes me excited in all seriousness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if nothing else, um, there th- here we go. There's some pushback on all of the optimism. But I do think that it's kind of like if, if we're being completely honest with, with everything that's happening here, it's so crazy the dominoes that had to fall in order for this to become a possibility. And then the one domino that got in the way or that that appears to be getting in the way. And that's they needed to have the perfect job come up. I mean, he had the opportunity with the New Orleans Saints. He got that call, but he didn't take it. He's like, eh, I got a good thing going here. Uh, suck it. Um, whatever you what's the big take Taysom Hill. Take out your suck it and yeah. suck it. But this was the one job where the defending Super Bowl champs that he could not turn down. But in between the time that you had this job come open and the ability to get it, there's now pressure league-wide to hire minor- more minority coaches in positions of power. And there's no more prolific assistant coaching position right now in all of football 
than the Rams' offensive coordinator position. And I, I think McVeigh is going to feel some pressure to make that a minority hire. And I, I think that's probably the direction they're going to go. Uh, and and it's just kind of wild that like the timing was all right until it wasn't. That that's that seems to be my read. And if I'm I might be jumping way ahead, but like that that was where my my dots were being connected uh, on my ride home yesterday from Atlanta. I can tell yeah. you who the Rams are not going to hire. It's going to be Brian Flores. Come on, yeah, Steelers. Woo, Pittsburgh Steelers confirmed. Not cheaters like the New York Giants. So Pittsburgh, not racist. Yep, we did it, Justin. Also, a head coach is our DC racism out of the end zones because we did it. We ended it. <laughs> you all, <That's> you, it. <laughs> <laughs> you all get to take the decals off your helmets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it seems like a good hire for the Steelers and Roush. I hope everything with the Rams and Cohen. You said, uh, I hope Cohen is in Lexington. For one more season, at least one more season, and uh, that that would be that would be big. And what a way to kind of get some momentum for heading into spring practice. Just the the feel good. Hey, he's staying he's staying home. The OC ain't leaving. Uh, that'd be good. Yeah, maybe sell more tickets too by doing that and uh, get some good news in the program. So I'm all for that. Hope it happens. We'll be following your Twitter account and your uh, your writings to to see if. If there's any news, when would you expect a timeline on that stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm, my just feeling is that it'd be West Coast morning time. So like 11 a.m. local, 10, 11. That's just, well, just a guess. Like today? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Sweet. Okay. All right. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on that. I uh, say we get into the Thornton's text line a little bit, see where the text line takes us. I'm sure it'll open up some topics. I, I still want to talk more about the game. How could you not? I'm riding high, baby when it comes to UK basketball and March Madness right around the corner. But let's see what these texters on the Thornton's text line has to say. Uh, and remember, we pick up where we left off after the end of Friday's show. So John here, again, myself and my uncle were born on Elvis Presley's birthday. If so, it's a family thing. Got to go talk to you later. Oh, well, that's, that's a weird way to somehow become Elvis fan. But like, you know, I get it. You're tertiary. January sure was, Oh wow! Do we do we celebrate John's birthday? I hope we did, John. I think I we, we gave you a we birthday gave him a, a birthday shout out. Yeah, yeah, we I think so too. At some point, yeah. But um, and, and uh, you know, Elvis, good. I wouldn't say great, but good. Real solid stuff. <laughs> Texter says, "Very cool. The football program will get their upgrade." But can someone email Mitch and ask if the basketball program can have some? Maybe just a hundred bucks or something to fix those stupid mother bleeping blue banners that make our floor look so mother bleeping stupid. I think they mean the court, the central bank logo on the court. I think they're a little yeah. mad about it. Well, rightfully so, because it looks terrible. And now it's been two years, and I have no idea why it looks that way it would be an easy fix and the way that they had the court before that looked fine like it i still wasn't my favorite court in college basketball but i don't think it was ugly now it's just bad it doesn't look good you think i can't believe it's been two years and they they haven't fixed it yeah and the uh the thing that's weird about it too is they acted like oh once we put them down we've got to get a whole new floor to fix it and it's like wow can't you just peel the sticker up and 
put a new one down. Uh, I, I don't get it. But I think they're getting just an all-new court next year for, like, Rupp Arena to be finished renovating. feel like that'll be a good time for just a program-wide kind of, like, all right, let's let's do our rebranding. It's been six, seven years. Like, let's let's go for it. Yeah, the court just seems so easy to fix. But that does seem to be what they're going to do. Roush is just push it all together next year, make it all better. I hope that's I hope that's the case. A texter says, "When UK gets new turf, I really hope they make it consistent green all across instead of the different shades." Also, we absolutely have to get a bigger UK logo in the middle. Not important, but you got to look the part to be the part. New video board is definitely needed. So glad they're making moves on that. I like the alternating shades of grass. I just wish it was actual turf, actual grass, not not the not the field turf. Um, not the artificial stuff. I don't mind the alternating colors. We've talked about that. I don't have an issue with the midfield logo size. I just wish it was like an outline of Kentucky or it looked cooler, but I well, don't have the, any the major one, though, The power K went from 30 to 30. It was awesome. <laughs> oh man. Did I, did I ever share that, that story that I heard about the power K what? in the midfield? No, I don't think you did. Yeah. Whenever they apparently, Nike came to Kentucky and was like, "We'll we'll do the power K up big when when we get this new stadium upgrade." It was it, I think it was the last time they did the rebrand for football. They were like, "We'll we'll do power K helmets, whole nine yards. We'll we'll go all into it." And Mitch was like, "Ah, eh, we're good." Wonder why? I don't know, but apparently the design they chose, the Wildcat two birds doing it, that that was just like a student made that up wasn't like a Nike thing. They were they were ready to go back old school and Mitch was like, "Ah, no, we're good." I don't really mind the the Wildcat secondary logo that the the bird one that people always reference. I don't really have an issue with that. I think it looks fine. I actually kind of want more like hats and shirts with that logo on it. Um, but I like it as a secondary logo. If you mix that in, if you have that as kind of like the new school Wildcat with the old school Power K, that's probably the winning you have the power K be your mm-hmm. primary logo. That's yes. the thing that shows up everywhere. And then like on the pair of shorts or on like, you know, if you want to have a, a, a baseball uniform that the hat is the new school wildcat logo, then that's fine. Uh, you know, have that be the secondary one. I would get on board with that. And speaking of the back cats, Roush, hope you brought your broom, baby. It was wow. sweet time. Second get him Jack- out. Second Jacksonville state. Stupid Gamecocks. Yeah. Uh, nice sweep. Kind of had to – Friday and Saturday were close. They were close games, but blowout win yesterday. So, I don't think this baseball season's going to prove me wrong. I will gladly eat crow if it does, and I'll admit that I'm wrong. I just want U.K. baseball to be good at the end of the day. But I will say this. If there is going to be any postseason play, if there is going to be anything that's going to get fans excited about this season, you can't lose to the – inferior talented teams you can't lose to the teams that don't have the caliber of players that you do so good on the Batcats for taking care of business and opening weekend in baseball a random loss they happen you'll see them here and there every team deals with them even the best in the country for the most part but Kentucky's got to take care of their random midweek out of conference opponents um they they just the SEC is going to be too tough. There's a lot of losses waiting for you in the SEC. Take care of business when you can in the out of conference. So good on them with the big weekend sweep. And we'll talk about them as long as they keep winning 
Um, probably won't talk too much about them if they're terrible, but as long as they keep winning, we'll do it. And then shout out to UK women's basketball. That's putting together a little winning streak too. Maybe, maybe too, too, too little, too late for them potentially, but still a couple weeks left in the season. You never know. So keep, keep that winning streak going for the women's basketball team as well. There's all sports update. We did it. I'm sure we're missing some sports too. I think the gymnastics team lost a heartbreaker to Florida. Oh, Florida, the they had uh that was like number one on Sports Center. They're they or they had a top ten play because they had a girl get a perfect score in her floor routine. And really, supposedly like Kentucky would have won if not for that perfect score. Jeez. A walk off, if you will. Ah, those pesky gators always good with their gymnastics. Uh Texter on the Thornton Sex on 502-414-1450 says uh, this is from Dave. Me and my friends drinking every time Allen gets burned on D. We'll report back after the game. The only <laughs> issue is after he gets beaten once, he doesn't get back on the court, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Damian Collins gave some good minutes out there, and uh, Bryce Hopkins too. Hey, I, I appreciate Bryce's aggressiveness. He reminds me of Toppin a year ago where it's like, his brain knows what he's supposed to be doing, but his body hasn't caught up with it yet. That's what I feel like Bryce Hopkins is right now. Yeah, I, 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 he like it's just not. It hasn't all clicked for him, but he is listening to what the coaches are telling him, and he's trying. He's doing his best. It just hasn't all really like meshed out well where it's uh, where he's gelled. But yeah, Collins, he got the most minutes off the bench. It was a game where Kentucky. All five starters played at least 36 minutes, which is wild. And then the bench combined. I don't. I don't know if you'll see this the rest of the season. I can almost guarantee you that you won't. But the bench combined for nine minutes. Nine <laughs> minutes total. <sighs> which is which is absolutely uh, <laughs> which is wild, but. Um, Allen didn't get a lot of opportunities. He did get beaten on defense. Um, what Man, can you do? One, I guess that one time he got beat one time. I don't remember what, at what point it was in the game, but I just remember Cal was in frame of the camera and I thought this man threw his shoulder out of socket. He, he pointed at someone on the bench, threw his arm straight, like get, get your butt in the game, get Dante out of there. And, and sure enough, Dante came right out. Yeah, yeah. Cal's got really no tolerance for his defensive miscues. But uh, it was a game that, one, Cal probably was like, I need to play our best of the best because we may lose. And, two, once it was kind of working and Kentucky came back and things were, were looking good, probably just figured I'll, I'll keep these guys in. But, yeah, Collins, he played well down in Tuscaloosa. That was a game that kind of was head-scratching. Like, where did this come from, from Damian Collins? Cal went back to it. Uh, good for Damien Collins getting to the foul line. So I don't know if it's just because like he is so tiny that any bit of contact, he's got a reaction to it. Uh, mm -hmm. But he, uh, dude finds a way to get to the foul line and he knocks him down. So good for good for Damien Collins. Good hey, all around. It works. It, yeah, it works. Uh, love to see it. Uh, I also one unrelated thing before we get to a break. Really love to see Auburn lose. What a bunch of losers. Gosh, man. Losers. And you know what? I think most importantly, I think that secures another SEC team in the NCAA tournament. So, gosh, what a weird week for Florida. You go on the road and you lose to a bad, bad Texas A&M team. And then you come back and you beat debatably one of the best teams in the country. 
in dramatic fashion. They tried to lose it. I mean, they were really yeah. choking down the stretch. They did. Uh, but they got the win, and Kentucky still alive in the SEC and for the reg- SEC regular season title. They're only one game back from Auburn. Let's go to a break. Let's talk about the SEC standings, how things look in that regard, and all that fun stuff. We'll finish up this Thornton text line. Two hours. One of these days where two hours probably isn't going to get it done. But we will find a way to make it happen. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Galen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I'm drinking a big glass of chocolate milk probably three, four nights a week. I love making big glass of chocolate milk. With Walker and Roush. Trevor, do you do do you eat anything that's just healthy without without something <laughs> blended into it to make it unhealthy? Welcome back. One final segment here on Kentucky Roll Call. Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. And if you can't listen to the entire show, we understand. 7 AM, pretty early for a lot of folks. Maybe you're just getting out of bed. That's fine. Replay of the show, 9 to 11. So you can actually keep it on at the end of the show today. Same station, wherever you've got it, wherever you're listening to us now, unless it's on podcast, just hang out. And then at 9 o'clock, boom, replay of the show starts. So you can listen in a weird order if that's what you prefer to do. Or maybe you are listening on podcasts. You've got a good thing going, and we're perfectly okay with that. Because you can get your podcast of Kentucky Roll Call wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. And the podcast brought to you by Cornbread Hemp, Nick Roush. Cornbread Hemp, it's a lifesaver, um, especially after – Maybe a few too many drinks, a few too many craft beers. Um, they'll get you. But cornbread hemp will get you back on your feet. All organic, full-spectrum CBD. They're extra-strength gummies. Pack in 50 milligrams of CBD and 2 milligrams of THC for that extra kick. Uh, it's not going to make you feel uh, messed up, if you will. It's, it's not something that makes you woozy in the head by any means. But those aches from the dance floor, the knees, the hips... Oh, it'll take care of you. Help you relax a little. Uh, try it out today with the promo code Big X, and you'll save thirty percent off at checkout. So visit cornbreadhemp.com. Promo code Big X for thirty percent off checkout. Do yourself a favor. Try cornbread hemp today. Yeah, cornbread hemp. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> Justin's enjoyed the bit that he's had. Yeah, and I was talking on mute there for about five seconds. <laughs> really interjected during your read with a stupid little comment, but I'm happy. You know what? That's a, it's oh, actually there's a blessing in disguise. Dude, that is the it's happened multiple times to me where I feel like uh, Pam when she doesn't let Michael have the intros right away. Definitely done that before where I've had some interjections like, "Ooh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that didn't go over." Still me, Michael. I let I let Michael have a, a practice run before I, I, I link him over to the client. That's good. Yeah, it probably works out that way. Cornbread hemp, you'll enjoy it. You'll like it. Uh, we got a lot more text to get to. Roush, is there anything you want to to add that will bump maybe the text line? 
Um, I don't think so. Um, was there, oh, just hearing my buddy uh, who works for the Jaguars talk about working with Urban Meyer for a year, man, it really was as crazy. <laughs> it was as crazy as they had in all the reports. And it's not like he gave me some sort of more scintillating stories other than it was just like hearing his side of it. It was just so funny because he was like, yeah, we, I just checked in on the meeting that one day and that happened to be the meeting where he was just tearing the assistant coaches apart saying, what have you ever done in your life? That's successful. <laughs> yeah. He was like, tell me what you've won before. I need a <laughs> list of everything you've ever won. What a, what a maniac. Yeah. Um, he thought people would be motivated by like, Hey, you did a good job. We're going to get you a steak and lobster dinner. It's like, these guys are millionaires. They can have steak and lobster whenever they want, buddy. And you're just going to make them work on their day off, to eat a meal. Like, yeah, it's in college anymore, buddy. Yeah. It's like the out of, out of touch boss that, yeah, you guys are going to be working the weekend, but I'll get you pizza. <laughs> get my own damn pizza. Damn it. Uh, text <laughs> yeah, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. This text is coming before the game, but we beat Kansas at Kansas. Our loss comes on a neutral site to Duke, at Auburn, at Tennessee, who are all top three seeds. I'm fine with a two seed, but no way we should drop to a three seed unless we lose a home game or at Ole Miss. Uh, the Ole Miss game's at in Lexington, by the way. At Arkansas, shouldn't matter if we lose. Well, that actually kind of brings me um, – you're right that, like, Kentucky – you know, we I was very critical of that Notre Dame loss. And Kentucky – this Kentucky team has no business losing to Notre Dame. Back then they didn't. Not now they don't. It was a bad loss. But it won't be as bad as I thought it was going to be when it happened. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame up until this weekend was the top of the ACC. Now they're in second. So it's not – that's not a crippling loss. But all losses away from home – one only one neutral site loss where it stands right now, and the rest in tough atmospheres. At Tennessee, they haven't lost a home game all year. At Auburn, they haven't lost a home game all season. Um, LSU, I don't I think they have lost a home game, but Kentucky was obviously banged up in that game. Um, so it, it's you, you look at their schedule, and I, I agree with you. But let me talk about the future schedule, and that's two home games. LSU on Wednesday and then Ole Miss the following Tuesday and then at Arkansas this upcoming Saturday and then the season finale, regular season finale, at Florida on their senior day the following Saturday, March 5th, I believe, which crazy to think that we're almost to March 5th, but it'll actually be here before you know it. If Kentucky goes, they're not losing a home game. You know, knock on wood, could they lose to LSU without Wheeler and Washington? It wouldn't be the most shocking loss or up arena, but I'll be surprised by it. They they shouldn't lose that. They're not going to lose a home game. So for all for just debate's sake, let's just let's just they're going to close out a perfect regular season at home. Good, woohoo, we did it. All right, they're going to beat LSU and Ole Miss. Those wins don't do a ton for you from a resume standpoint, but they're not losses, so that matters. Roush, if they split their two road games, Arkansas and Florida, mm-hmm. they they are no worse than than a six than the six overall. Um, I would actually say that regardless of what happens in the SEC tournament. So if they go three and one to close out the year, and then let's say they lose on Saturday in the SEC semis or something like that, they're no worse than what the selection committee had just said that they are. So they're the second two seed at a minimum. 
probably the first two seed, maybe even a one seed at that point. If they win out the regular season, then you're a one seed. Don't care what anybody else says. Don't care what other teams do. If you get road wins at Florida and at Arkansas to close out the regular season, don't even care what happens in the SEC tournament. You're a one seed at that point. The issue is if you lose both road games, which I think could happen, especially if UK shorthanded. I think they'll lose at Arkansas regardless if they're completely healthy, for what it's worth. Um, so I think they're going to lose at Arkansas. It's it's if you go two and two versus one, and, or if you go zero oh and two versus one and one in those road games, that I think you have the most important seeding. Like I said, one regular season loss. I think you're just you're at worst where you're at this past Saturday. Two, two, what do you think happens if UK lost at Arkansas and at Florida? Obviously, what you do in the SEC tournament matters a little bit, but what, let's just let's just say they go, they don't win the SEC tournament. They lose either on Sunday or they lose on Saturday. If they lose at Arkansas and Florida, where are you putting them on the seed line? I really think the four, it, I mean, is three and as like the best three seed. At some point, the positive like the good wins are going to lay out a multi outweigh a multitude of losses so like i would think that if you had the like this playing this scenario out you're either like the worst two or the best three you're probably sliding yeah. two or three spots and you're you're on the fringe between a two and three and if you beat somebody good in the sec tournament then i think you're firmly back on that tool I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, and, and, and when I say like, it doesn't really matter what you do in the SEC. The only thing, the only way I think it matters is if you win it, that will help obviously. Or if you lose on Friday, Friday, that will hurt. Obviously. I don't think they're losing on Friday. I just can't imagine that they are going to play Florida on Saturday, have six days off, and then they're going to go into Tampa and lose to like the equivalent of, um, like a South Carolina. I, I, I just don't see – I don't envision that happening in Tampa and Florida. So I, they're going to win on that Friday in the quarterfinals. So assuming they get to Saturday, they lose that Saturday, I don't think it's going to hurt them at all. If they win, it'll help maybe a little bit. But how many times have we gone into Sunday, UK's beaten a good team, and UK's got nothing to show – for that good win happens seems like every year in the sec tournament so uh i'm strictly just looking at the regular season games for the most part and those two road games those are big ones for kentucky you win both of them you're getting a one seed you split them at worst i think you're a high two seed maybe the highest two seed you lose both of them the three seed comes into play doesn't i i really just want to stay off that four line if you stay off the four line I think you're you're setting yourself up for a really, really fun March run. At that point, Roush, we all cross our fingers and hope for good matchups as a three seed. But I do think UK is in a good spot here. You win one road game, you're locking it. You're absolutely locking in a two seed, and that's that's exciting. Uh, so that's what's at play there. Let's get back to this text line, 502-414-1450. Texture says, maybe I'm wrong, but with how this committee has viewed Memphis and Duke, I'm assuming good wins outweigh bad losses. Memphis has four losses outside of the top 100. That's terrible. Nope, that, yep. that's not great, Bob. Memphis's only good wins are against Houston and Alabama. Everyone else is. They uh they lost SMU. They were in that game for a little bit, but um yeah, lost that that didn't that didn't go well for them. I wouldn't be shocked if Memphis gets in. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't either. Uh, you know, get a bubble team. This one's got you know some good players on it. Nice story. 
White season surge, sure. I could see him going in. Uh, but, you know, they still have to win down the stretch. So, uh, you know who we need to cheer for, too, next Saturday? Auburn's going to Tennessee. Yeah. I still, I still think, though, I'm pretty sure the way it'll work is even if Kentucky wins out, like Auburn's going to have the tiebreaker over Kentucky, right? They will, but you still get to claim an SEC championship for what it's worth. I don't know if you care about that or not. Um, I'm curious, do the – like do the books, will they – Yes. Will co-champs get paid out? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they get – yes. I mean, you're you're technically an SEC champ, even if you don't get the number one seed. You'll get a trophy. You'll put it on the banner. You, I don't know where UK even has their uh, Memorial Hall, I believe. Uh, you'll put it on the banner and stuff like that. The issue – like if Kentucky – if we could guarantee Kentucky could go into Arkansas and Florida and get wins, then you'd root for Auburn to lose and certainly lose to Tennessee and all that fun stuff. The thing is, I think Kentucky's probably going to lose another game, and that means it's not going to really matter what Auburn does because Auburn's not losing two more. They have one. They, you know, they're probably going to lose to Tennessee. That wouldn't surprise anybody. Could they also lose to Mississippi State on the road? Possibly, but you'd have to. If they didn't lose to Mississippi State, Tennessee winning could actually hurt UK because then Tennessee could end up tied with UK, and then they'd get the tiebreaker over UK. So it's a it's a delicate dance here, Ralph. <laughs> you want him to lose, but just not too hard. Yeah, a a win, an Auburn win would most likely guarantee Kentucky second place in the SEC. A Tennessee win would leave the door open for UK to get a share of the SEC championship but it also would bring in third or fourth place in the conference, which I actually have a hot take. We're going to run out of time. I don't have time to get to all these. I've got a hot take that Kentucky being the fourth seed in the SEC may not actually be the end of the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> because if like it doesn't, as long as you get the buy, that's most important that you want the buy. That's great. Right. Right. The three seed playing at nine. Oh is yeah. That's never bad. good. It's never yeah. what you want to do. The worst. And secondly, if Kentucky's goals are to win the SEC tournament, well, that means you're probably going to have to beat Tennessee and Auburn, most likely. Wouldn't you rather have Auburn on Saturday where you're a little bit fresher? This Kentucky team, they get hurt all the time. Wouldn't you rather maybe take your chance of playing them on a Saturday instead of your third game in three days? Of course, this goes both ways. It'd be Auburn's third game in three days as well. But wouldn't you rather just have them on a Saturday a little fresher, maybe a little healthier, and that win? How many times do we see? I already mentioned it just about five minutes ago. How many times on Selection Sunday do we feel like UK's SEC championship win was not weighed or factored in at all? Because they already have to have the brackets ready and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe a, a win on Saturday over the number two team in the country would would carry a lot more weight. So if Kentucky ended up the four seed, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And by the way, they've got a four-game lead with four to play on getting the, the double bye, not playing until Saturday. So UK only has to win one more game to lock in at least a one through four seed. Um, so that will happen. There, there's no doubt about that. But that's interesting. They they could be the one seed. Well, they're probably not going to be the one seed re- realistically, but they could be the two, three, or four. Roush. Real that that th- those are all still on the table, depending on these final four games. Man, it's uh, it's coming out of the wire. I guess you know what they say, TJ, in the SEC. It just means just means more. More. 
It just means more. It really does. Uh, my vote would be go just win. You know, if Auburn gets the tiebreaker because they you only played one game this year against them, that's fine. Go get a share of that SEC championship. Go ahead and just finish the year undefeated because Auburn's going to lose one more. So that's, that's my advice to UK. Just go ahead and win them all. Wouldn't be fun to stay undefeated, though. That hasn't happened since the 2015 team, undefeated at home. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. 2016, who'd they lose to at home? Probably a couple different teams. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be bad at playing this game right now. 2017, they lost to UCLA at home, if nothing else. Uh, oh, man, forgot. Uh, I think they lost to Kansas that year, too. Wasn't that the Josh Jackson game? Maybe. We had Buffer show up and do the world record thing. Yeah, that could be it, too. Lost. That was, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, Texer says on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450, this is the most predictable start all time. Oh, <laughs> gosh. And it really was like, uh, just please. I, I mean, at one point, because they, they, Alabama, some of those shots were open, but a lot of times they had guys running at them and they didn't care. They were just burying them. It's like, all right, can we? Let's just foul them. Do anything to get them to not see the ball go in because they can. They can't miss. They could not miss in the first fifteen minutes of that game. Nope, they couldn't. And you know, Cal always says like, if they go out there and they hit fifteen threes, well, we just shake their hand and we tell them good game. The start of that game, I was like, oh no one of those games like Cal always talks about this they never actually happen but here it is it's gonna actually happen and it was like anytime UK would make a little run to make it like seven or five you knew there was enough time it was still the first half but you're like okay good finally this is this this craziness is going to end and then before you can even finish your thought Alabama hit another three and I was like damn it no no you're, you're supposed to finally cool off and then a do it again Kentucky get it to like seven or something like that and then boom Alabama would hit another three uh, just ridiculous. Oh, well. I think I skipped one. Man, I love the bracket Jerry Palm has projected for us. A chance at either Kansas or revenge against Wisconsin and the Elite Eight. Not worried about Nova and the Sweet 16 either. Yeah, I think it's probably changed since you texted this into the Thornton sex line texter. But not a ton of teams scare me um, in terms of matchups. We we have a couple more weeks to talk about that. Right, We're running out right. of time. I, I will say the Johnny Davis, I don't like the, the chances of him just like going for – 40 you know like that that's that's a very real like he can go just complete you know malik monk screw you i'm not losing because i'm gonna score 45 points a day yeah wouldn't be wouldn't be an ideal setup but i also would love to beat wisconsin too so bring it on if that's what it means but yeah that'd be a yeah. tough matchup uh kirby says osner gets fouled every possession and it's it's pretty crazy well he doesn't go to the line a lot for somebody that gets fouled as much as he does uh which that kind of going back to the Collins thing, it's hilarious. Collins is in there for four minutes. He gets multiple, multiple trips to the foul line. And then Oscar just working his buns off. Not, not nearly as much. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is just the nature of when Collins is finishing, he's just got the ball high and there's so much arm there for somebody to hack. Whereas Oscar, you know, he, he, he plays a little bit lower. That's right. It's a little bit, a little bit farther back behind. He 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 has to do the kind of shorter man thing with some hook shots and stuff. But hey, it was his day on Saturday. He was awesome. Yeah, he he did shoot five free throws. Still not as many as you'd think for somebody that's pulling in fourteen rebounds and is in the thick of it as much as he is. But uh, knocked down three of them. It's okay. 
Okay. A texter, 502-414-1450. Mintz has to be the best passer in Kentucky basketball history. Hit Grady on the pass without Grady even looking. In all seriousness, that play was incredible. I didn't want to forget about it. Oh, we weren't going to forget about it. Oh, that was that, my, that, that was my it, text. <laughs> oh, that was you, Justin? That was me, yeah. Because I, I tend to watch Kentucky games and forget about the awesome moments, so I wanted to make sure I remember that one because that was just that was just such an awesome play. That's very funny. <laughs> I like Justin. Just like, all right, I got to make sure I get my quota in on takes. So let me just send some in the text line and make sure that I, I've got my takes ready. I love it. I've, oh, I've never done that, by the way. That's show prep, you know? That's more show prep than Trevor ever did. So Come on. I may just start doing that, like takes during games, just send them into the text line so I remember them. Not a bad idea. And then, and then you, then the next morning, like, wow, great texting in the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genius. Oh, man. Uh, another texture says, one of the more impressive wins in years, two starters out, and Alabama starts out hitting everything, and then we smack them around. Maybe Grady should have the ball in his hands a lot more. It's almost like Bobby Regan – Told us that should be the case on Friday. He did. That's why you should listen to Kentucky Roll Call. Bobby Regan was on top of it. Uh, I wouldn't say most impressive win in years, per se, but it was a great win. It was a feel-good win. I don't think people would have been – like I don't think UK as a fan base would have all been freaking out had they lost, and that would be saying something because it would have been a two-game losing streak, and we know how UK fans are with losing streaks. Understandably so. Kentucky basketball is better than that. But it was fun. It was fun to watch, Roush. Like, it was so much different than the game in Tuscaloosa. I thought it was a really well-officiated game. They let him play for the most part. It wasn't whistle, whistle, whistle. And uh, Kentucky answered the call. Well, they, they, they did after we had that 17-minute review over nothing. No, I didn't know what they were doing during that. Yeah, do we know what even came of that either? I was so confused. I was like, this is not just like, just give teams a warning and play ball. No, I don't know. It was something with like Lance Ware, right? Yeah, uh, like the guy came in and like mugged Lance Ware kind of, but not really. And they like pushed each other. It was was very dumb. Lance bumped him and then the guy put his hand in his face. It, It was all, I was pretty upset by that review as well. Just like, let's play ball. I mean, we're we're playing D one college basketball. Come on, agreed. Yeah, it was just unnecessary. Did you see Lance Ware on Twitter? No. How about Lance? What do you say? Well, Jacob Toppin said uh, he he was doing like an "Ask Me Anything" or something like that, and a Twitter account said, "I heard that Jacob has six toes. Can you confirm?" And Lance just chimed in, "Haven't seen him." <laughs> That's pretty good. That was very good. Oh, well, it wow. seems to get it. And I like that. Yeah, yeah, they all do. They're, this is a this is a very fun team, and this is this is exactly what the BBN needed after last year. No kidding, I totally all agree. T- and and man, we we're not going to handle it well when when this ride is over. No, 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 not at <laughs> we're all. not going to handle it well at all. No, gosh, well, it's just just win the national championship, so we don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. Make it make us all feel good. A texter says, Cal chirping at a certain radio host and wrestling entrepreneur again. Warms the heart. I didn't hear or see that one. So if he said something, I missed it. No, I did as well. I didn't did not stick around and listen to any post-game comments from Cal. I listened to a little bit, actually listened to a little bit of it because I was driving, so I had the radio on him. He did end his press conference with reporters by saying, It's nine o'clock. I've got some friends in town. I gotta get I gotta get out of here. It was 3 30. 
I don't know if it was like a senior moment or he was just joking or he like meant to say something else or something like that. I don't know what was going on there, but he just has his built-in excuses. And he's like, it's not, I'm out of here. And Kyle Tucker wasn't happy about it. Like Kyle was next in queue on a question. Like, oh yeah. So, oh, I bet his biscuits were steamed. Oh yeah. Steamed big time. And then Kyle, what he does with the media, he'll basically just practice lines with the media and then he'll go out with Leach and do like the coaches. Yeah, it's like almost verbatim. Yeah, he'll just practice like his deliveries and stuff like that. Because I listened to both of them, um, but I didn't hear any uh, him taking any shots. But I could have missed it as well. The, the worst feeling is being the guy who's like, I'm going to sit around and listen to Cal on his post game radio show. Maybe we'll get a post out of it. Maybe something juicy will happen. And something juicy happens about once every like maybe once a month, and then the rest of the time you're just hearing him repeat himself. Yeah, this is what he does. Nah, you know, he's he's got his lines. A texter says, also, my boy, Bobby Riggs was dead on with his Grady take. Yes, he was. Another texter says, of course, I put money on Cap to win the three-point contest. I think the big question is, did you? No, I wouldn't have taken Cap. But good my for roommate, him. Congrats. My roommate bet on him. It was like plus 1,400. Wow. Nice. nice. Yeah. Seven-footer winning three-point contest. Grady has 25 points, seven and nine from three, and put a contact in front, put a contact in in front of 24,000 people without a mirror. What a performance. Yeah, that maybe was the most impressive thing. Got a contact knocked out, just looked over at the bench, said I need it, did it, no issues, bada boom, bada bing. I missed the good sports center. I missed the good sports center so much. I'd turn it on hoping for some college basketball recap, and they're talking about Deshaun Watson and Brian Flores. I know pro sports, NFL especially, will always be king, but conference tournaments are like a week away. What are we doing here? Uh, I do miss the days back as a kid, Roush. we turn it on, and you'd get like a two-minute – package of temple versus st john's basketball and oh, yeah. you, know, you you didn't really care about either team so much but you just watched it because you wanted to hear the storytelling of the way they they highlighted this game not anymore that, that those days are gone on mm, espn it's sad uh van pelt is one that comes close to it but he's not always on afterwards but um uh, van, van pelt's like my last bastion of sports center i'll lean on mm. Yeah. He's good. He's good. It's just the way that they just do the show differently nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I do like that they've kind of like leaned into more betting stuff. That's a good move on their part. But just more highlights of games. Less hot. Uh, Texter on the Thorns text line says this team is so awesome, man. Didn't know what the rest of the season holds, but they definitely deserve a Final Four. And then this person says this quote from Cal is great. The I'm fine is diabolical. Uh, here's the quote from Cal. I know there's people that want me to coach that way. Oh, maybe these are the quotes that the other texter referenced as well. Mm-hmm. I know there's people that want me to coach that way. I'm fine. Nate's an unbelievable coach. Does a great job. Has turned that thing into a monster. There's all ways of doing this. I've done this for a lot of years. I've changed and tweaked and brought in the dribble drive. Then talked positionless basketball and played three-point guards different times. Had some three-point shooting team. But 30% of the shots will be three. But 30% of the shots will be threes for us. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. When you look at Bill Self, pretty good coach. His numbers are about the same. Wow, we should take 60% threes and play all guards. Come on, man. We're Kentucky. We're playing for March to put ourselves in a position to win titles. Man. Texter says, I'm fine. The Texter says the quote from Cal is great. The I'm fine is diabolical. Listen, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's right. You don't want to be relying on any one specific thing because that's a good way to get beat. But 
We'll worry about that later. Listen, far be it for me to criticize someone for throwing a punch at Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Texter says, Ego Rathery is probably the best combo in college basketball. I'd agree. Um, And the people who – uh, there's like a, there's a few folks online who don't like Bill Raftery, and I don't understand it. He is the best. He is my favorite. I can listen to Bill Raftery call games from now until eternity. Fox has really good basketball coverage too. I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, it's good, but I like the Eagle Raftery CBS. The, dun, 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 dun. That was the funny thing about the fight with Michigan Wisconsin is they were just playing the CBS music because the game was over, and then like during the middle of it, they're like, "Oh my god, no!" What is going on here? I think even one person's like, Jesus, uh, as like the CVS music. Everybody's getting pumped up at home as the brawl is just going. I I like Spiro Day Days too. They get the play by play that was on for it. And he's like, oh, and they're going at. I mean, he got (laughs) really into it. It was great. Uh, Texture. Oh, by the way, another thing. Did you see the Russian figure skater moment? Oh, no. I thought you asked me if I saw the guy say, suck it. That was great, too. They gave him the total DX. Yeah, the second moment in the Wisconsin-Michigan game was great. Uh, Just talking about, like, broadcasting and cameras and uh, the – they they caught that moment with the Russian figure skater. Like, these Russian figure skaters, they're all, like, 15-year-old girls, Mm -hmm. and they all just had a meltdown, like, at the same time. And the camera didn't pan away. Um, they eventually did, but they they were following it, and it was just like un- they'll win awards for it because it was just such unreal like sports drama in the moment. These fifteen year old girls crying, saying they're never going to skate again, and they hate this sport and they hate everything. It was uh, cool. It, it made for electric television. A texter said Grady's controller dying before hitting the three is the play of the year. Yeah, I love people saying that. Like he just was lagging. <laughs> Grady was buffering. Oh, man. Old granddad. Man, that was a hell of a game for him. Good for him. Beasy again. We need to hear more from you, Beasy. Well, fellas, seems like IU has a better chance of making the tourney than Liam Cohen, Stane, and Lex. Besides the obvious Mullen choice, what are some other options for both of you all think? Well, we mentioned a couple last week. And secondly, if you heard Rosh today, Beasy doesn't maybe hold, 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 pump the brakes, hold the phone. So Hoosiers are in the tournament with our better chances. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> hey you didn't play this weekend so you couldn't lose scoots yeah we freaking, we freaking play today tonight thursday and sunday what a weird ass schedule the tonight thursday sunday routine all right you can't lose tonight if you lose tonight justin it's gonna be it's not gonna be good it's gonna be tough yeah i think you're gonna lose tonight but Probably. that minnesota and whoever else you play there's two more games you gotta maryland win. you can maryland, be maryland yeah, yeah. You win those two games, uh, you probably be all right, but you never know. Texter says, wife, she's 34, is a big Elvis fan due to her grandma being a huge Elvis fan. Not dissimilar from me being a UK fan due to grandpa being a UK fan. I'd say the difference is, though, you can you are watching UK moments in real time, live time. Your wife is not watching real Elvis performances in real time. She's only watching, she's just reading history books of Elvis, basically, watching old performances. That's the only difference. But I'm not here to Elvis or fandom shame. If you're an Elvis fan, go crazy. Yep. It makes sense. Checks out. You shake that leg and you break some hearts. What were some of his songs? Achy Little Heartbreak? Break? No, that's, that, that's, um, that's Jimmy that's, Dykes. Jimmy Dykes is rocking Little Heartbeat. Yes, Achy Breaky Heart is not. That is uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. Uh, he's Hound Dog, um, Burning Love, Kentucky Rain. Kentucky Rain, one of his better ones. Kentucky Rain is a great song. I'll agree yeah. with that. 
Yeah. Texture says, we're singing varsity. We're singing varsity through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. That's referencing the Wisconsin player basically being like, well, I don't care if Michigan, if we just had a huge fall, brawl with Michigan, we're singing varsity. I guess that's their fight song they sing. Uh, after yeah, that makes sense. There's a video uh, of him like, we're singing varsity. We're singing varsity. If you've seen it, you probably get it. If not, you probably don't. Gotcha. Texture says, Nerdle, you have to figure out the math equation for the day. There you go. You can be a Nerdle, Tej. I'll be a Nerdle, gladly. Have you all seen the new game called Presidential Quote Wordle? You get 50 chances to figure out what the president or VP is meaning with their quote. First one today is a reporter. Okay. Uh, I mean, is, this is just... Will sanctions d deter Putin, Kamala Harris, within the context then of the fact that the window is still opening, although open, although it is absolutely narrowing within the context of a diplomatic path still being open? Actual quote, word for word. Kind of reminds me of something the NCAA would say on Selection Sunday. Hashtag clowns. Uh, John here following up that text with a John text. Gotta love that. John here. Good morning. Good Monday morning, everyone. Great to see the Cats take care of business against the Tide. Oscar, definitely player of the year. And I'll go a step further and say this year we're going to be a number one seed and player of the year. Also, go ahead and throw in the national championship. Everyone else can just suck it. It's so freaking fantastic to be a Cats fan. Let's get this week going. Cat attack style. We'll got to go talk to you later. Love the energy. The UK to be a one seed. You just got to lose probably one more game the rest of the year, and then you're there. Texter says, that dunk by Brooks was incredible. His game the second half of the year has been great. It really yeah. has. He got, he got back on track Saturday. If he has a big game against Tennessee on Tuesday, maybe that game's a different story. But he has been super consistent mm -hmm. over the last month and a half. And I thought that ball was being thrown into the sixth row and Brooks went up there and got it. So good for him. That was awesome. That was, that was a fun play. I bet the IU-UK fights between Justin and his roommate are heater, but I bet very passionate when they make up. I, I bet are very heated, but I bet very passionate when they make up. Not sure what you're insinuating, but we really don't fight. We uh, we're very cordial and and good sportsmanships when our other teams are on. Not like uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. Not like Michigan and Wisconsin. Texter says KRC would never take the day off after such a huge weekend. Who's nobody's taking the day off for President's Day? We <laughs> so joked about it, but we weren't we weren't going to take the day off. We should though. I'd be totally up for it. Oh, today was too big. There was way too much to talk about. Oh no, I, I would have been weird if I didn't have things to talk about right now. I, I was I was pretty amped up for today's show. Talking about the seating, talking about the game, talking about the schedule. It's gonna be a good time. A texter says Caps also undefeated and rup in 15-16, surprising. Mur Murray and Ulysses lost a lot of road games that year, though. Oh, okay. Hmm. I didn't realize that they I, I couldn't think of the team they lost to, but also uh wasn't 100% sure. All right, thanks, everybody, for the text. We will be back tomorrow, Tuesday edition of the show. Be on the lookout for some Liam Cohen news, as Nick Roush says. This District is tournament's uh, coming tonight, too, around the area. So good luck to all the all the teams playing the hoops. Best of luck. Everybody have a great Monday. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Big Ice Sports Radio. Roush, the best in